Alright guys, so I just filmed one of my favorite podcasts I've ever filmed ever. If you're going to listen to this, make sure to listen to the whole thing. Put your phone away and just have the audio playing or something. But make sure to get all of the value that you possibly can out of this interview with Arlen because this dude knows what he's talking about. He's practically an expert in lifestyle design and creating your reality, I suppose. We talked about red pill relationships, how to date a girl, attract a relationship as a 1% high value man. Uh, we talked about our experiences with psychedelics or my experience with psychedelics. Arlen's never done psychedelics, but we talked about them. We talked about just a lot of gems. And I do want you guys to stay till the end. If you're going to watch this, dedicate the time because this shit is fire. Fire. Every person under the age of 25 needs to hear this shit because we live in a crazy world where information is the most valuable thing that we have. So let me know how you liked the video. Love you guys. Okay. All right. You good? All right. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with one of the most influential connected people in the space, Arlen Moore. Arlen, I'm stoked to talk. We've been trying to figure this one out for a grip. So with you traveling across the whole entire planet, it, uh, it's, it's interesting, a little bit of a challenge, but we worked it out and I'm happy to. Super, super stoked to dive deep with you today. So thanks for being here, bro. I'm very happy to be here to be with the, uh, the face of the next generation of, of influential people. Um, and uh, the, the face of, of influencing people in a positive way. And uh, I'm very excited, very excited for this conversation. I appreciate those words, bro. Thank you. That means a lot. So you're, you're where'd you say again, Romania? <laughs> no, I'm in Barcelona. Barcelona. A little bit different. <laughs> Barcelona. So you've been traveling the world for the past, what, like a couple months? Because you were in Bali, then you went to Cali, then just give us a quick recap yeah it is weird to think about because i've been on like a kind of a crazy europe bender trip the last month and a half but now that i think about it now that you mention it before that i went to mexico and before that i was at coachella and before that i was climbing a mountain in california and before that i was in bali so <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely been like a, a few months of just whoop, of just straight travel. So um, does this been... like have uh, have an effect on like your your psyche, your your body? Yeah, definitely does. Um, but you know, I, I think we share a lot of similar beliefs in like meditation and fitness and health. And if you're able to like at a certain point when you kind of get all of your systems dialed in and honestly one of the biggest skill sets to like traveling and maintaining the ability to stay healthy and not only stay healthy but stay focused and being able to work because like we're working the whole time i'm here with one of my business partners and we might be like traveling to a different country every other week but we find time to work you know sometimes eight hour days and sometimes different time zones so the biggest skill set really is learning how to order at restaurants really because you're in different yeah that's one of the biggest skill sets because <laughs> it's like you know you're going to different countries the 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 food is different that's but funny. like as much as i like to experiment and try new foods in different countries i also like to make sure i have enough protein and that mm. i'm basically eating the same thing that i do when i'm home so yeah. how much of a challenge is that well it's it comes down to just knowing what to order right like when like when you go to a restaurant these days it's they're all made for instagram 
they just try to make it look pretty. They don't give a shit about portions. Can I swear on your podcast? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. A little bit. Um, you know, like they don't care about portions and making sure you have enough protein. They care about like, is your girlfriend going to take an Instagram picture of it and post it? Right. Like it doesn't look good. So they aren't really concerned about that. So you kind of have to look at the menu and be like, okay, this is probably going to be small and you have to really talk to the waiter. And luckily we've been everywhere we've traveled, we've been meeting up with some friends who are local. So they speak to the waiter in Italian and they're also kind of in this take care of yourself headspace and like work. So they make sure that we're, you know, so how much of a challenge is it to avoid seed oils? Um, I was in Hawaii and that was hard, bro. Like genuinely. Difficult. Yeah. I'm not the guy to like ask the waiter if it's cooked in yeah. oil or butter. Yeah. Are you? No, no. I just assume every time I go out to eat, it's going to be cooked in seed oils. Yeah. Yeah. It probably is. But, you know, I you try not to think about it as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, I think just being conscious of those things is, 95% of the battle if you're aware of the things that you're putting into yourself and you know you're not doing it all of the time and you're not going to do it for the rest of your life then like everything in moderation essentially like watching porn one time is not going to kill you eating seed oils for a short span of your life when you're on vacation is not going to kill you you know what I'm saying yeah exactly you gotta and I was yeah it's like you go through the arch of like you need to be hyper-disciplined and like get into monk mode and you can never have caffeine and you have to do all this work and stuff. And then you're like, you know what? I kind of want a coffee. And then you're like, you know what? It's kind of fine. And I think you kind of like, at least I start to think about where my parents are at in life and like where older people are at. And, you know, they're just enjoying life at some point. And, and I think that the biggest thing is just mitigating stress. Like if having a cup of coffee even though caffeine obviously isn't the best thing for you, like anything that gives you a short-term burst of energy yeah. is going to have payoff, whether it's short-term or long-term. Like if it, if it, if you enjoy it and it makes you happy, it literally brings you happiness. I think that, that, uh, you know, elimination of, of stress is probably yeah, I, I heard this one more thing beneficial from, than negative. Yeah. hundred percent. I heard this thing from one of my friends who uh, I want I think he actually has a doctorate. I'm not entirely sure, but he says that the inflammation that is caused by stress is far more worse than the inflammation that the food causes. And I was like, yes, exactly. That's some, that's some crazy shit. So just like, if you're going to eat that shitty burger or well, burgers aren't shitty, but if you're going to eat that shitty meal, like allow yourself to enjoy that because that's in stressing about it would just make the problems worse. So, but talking about stress, how do you manage your stress? Because you've been in the online space for how many years? Um, I started posting a lot in like 2016. Damn. That's crazy. You I were was... what? In like preschool? <laughs> Sec- second grade? No, I was, I was 15. <laughs> I was 15. So that's crazy. I wasn't even conscious of anything at 15. So that's, that's nuts to think about. So You've probably seen a lot. You've probably seen people come up, fall off. Like, how do you handle these things? Well, it's actually super interesting that you just mentioned, you know, where you were at when you were 15, because so you're like about three or four years younger than me. Mm-hmm. You're 21. Yep. Yeah. So you're four, maybe four and a half years younger than me or so. Um, 
And when I was 15, I was the same as, as you just mentioned. Like I was completely unconscious of almost everything. And I was stressed out of my mind. Like when you were 15, when I was 15. Yeah. 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 That was like the start of my unconsciousness and anxiety and, um, really depression. I mean, it was just like repetitive, negative thought every single moment of the day, Mm. unless I was avoiding it through either social media or I played sports. But even I remember sometimes I would be playing hockey and like hockey was a good distraction because I did have some, you know, I had friends and I'd like go in the locker room and be like laughing. And then I'd go out and play, you know, start playing. And like, you know, hockey is a very intense sport. You have to be in the moment. But then I'd be, I'd like get down and sit on the bench again. And then just like wave of depression would hit me. So like, like while you're on the this? bench. Yeah. Like just in the middle of nowhere. And I'd kind of look around and be like, what is happening? Like, why am I so depressed? And then I'd have to, it would kind of stay with me the rest of the, the practice and negative thoughts. And then I'm like driving home, just dark thoughts. Driving was like the worst. And really? Yeah. It persisted for like three or four years. And then, um, That's a long time. around 18, uh, I had just like an awakening moment where I remember I was sitting in my, um, my, my parents' house. Uh, I had just like roughly just graduated and I was like thinking to myself, like, I wonder what would happen if all these negative thoughts in my head just stopped. I was like, could I just stop thinking? Cause there was like, it, it, I was a caddy too. I was working at a golf course. Um, you know, trying to save money for college and stuff like that. And yeah, there was like a, a span of four days in the golf course where there was no relief. It was just like, I was caddying for some rich dude and just like negative thought, negative thought, negative thought. Like, and I don't even remember what they were. It was just like, what's the point of thought? What's the point of life? Like, you know, insecure thoughts as well. And this went on for four um, years. Yeah. Very wow. long time. Yeah. So could your friends like pick up on it or did you hide it from them? No. I hide it. I hid it all. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell any friends. I didn't tell my parents because it was. I was embarrassed, and I was also afraid if I told my parents, they would bring me to the hospital. And I had this weird, like, I don't know if it was. It was just like a weird uh, intuition about the medical system, and like, I knew mm-hmm. if they, if I told them, they'd put me on some pill, and then that would mean I was depressed. And another thing I remember is just that my parents would always watch the news, and the news just programs you to be negative. It's like yeah. war in Iraq. And then it, after the commercial, it's like, if you have depression, take Humira. It's and then so it's like, like, yeah, it's just like everything is negative. And then it's like one little thing. It's like in, in other news and good news, this here's a video of an 87 year old woman like lifting weights. Or, or like, it's like, just like some uh, <laughs> someone's birthday and it, yeah. like, during COVID. They would like drive by and like honk for her birthday. You're like, dude, like this is the this is the good news we have. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then the next, like the, like, that's like 30 seconds of, of the good news. And then it's like, and now back to another tragedy, a school shooting in Milwaukee. <laughs> like, like, it's just like thousand people absolute, died of COVID. Yeah. yeah it, so it, I just, I, heinous. yeah. Heinous, so but, there was that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there was the news there was, there was that. And, um, and, and so for like four days caddying, I remember just every thought was negative. And then I was just like sitting there in my parents' house at the kitchen table alone. And I was like, what if these thoughts just stopped? And I had no thoughts for like three or four seconds. And I was like, 
huh, that was, was kind of nice. scary. That's kind of nice. But it was also kind of nice. <laughs> and I then stumbled across some like personal development videos on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The first one I ever watched was Ty Lopez. His like his his like OG not garage video, but his OG TED Talk. And it was like, if you read a book a day, you can learn anything. And I was like, maybe I can learn how to not be depressed. What was <laughs> and your I first started book? reading all these books on, on psychology and stress. And pretty soon, um, within like two weeks of reading this one psychology book, actually, the, you know, it's crazy. Hmm. That we're talking about this right now is I was, my parents took me to Barcelona for my like graduation gift. And in Barcelona, which is where I am right now, is where I finally figured out that I could overcome negative thinking patterns through like essentially mental reprogramming and like positive affirmations and meditation. And that's full so, circle right there. Yeah, crazy. So so that was when I was 18. I'm 25 now. So that's crazy. That was seven years ago. And I've just been meditating every day ever since. I've done, I mean, I've, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaches and mentorships and uh, and courses and yeah. dude, what and, do you, and, what do you think about the negative connotation that courses have nowadays? I think it's funny. It's like just, how, wh- like what is, why do you have a negative connotation toward learning? Like probably cause the school system programmed you and fucked you up that way. Like, I, I mean, I never would have thought to do that when I was in high school. Like I probably would have been on like the YouTube comments like this guy's a scam, like this guy sucks. Buy my course, but, buy my course. Yeah, but then you realize, well, if you invest money into something that somebody took time to share a skill or share, you know, something that they spent a long time learning and to give you a shortcut. Because the truth is with with courses, all the information is out there for free. It's in the library. You can read anything, right? But to have, uh, I mean, most courses include not just the, the exact information you need step-by-step. Step, so it saves time of you trying to gather all the information, but it has the information and then it has a community. So you meet people around the world who can support you to like figure out whatever it is you're trying to figure out. And then you have access to the coach or the person who made yeah, the course. Typically. Not only those things, but like implementation it helps you implement what you're learning in the, in effective ways from what i've learned anyway, the accountability right? yeah, yeah ex- exactly so back to what you were saying about how you were feeling uh for for a long time it's wild to me how many people likely go through something similar mm-hmm. um because those feelings like when, when you hear someone talk about it you 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 just hear what they're saying you don't really feel you don't really can't really comprehend how they felt during those times, but I as well went through something similar. So they look at people like you and I, and they're probably like, oh, these dudes never went through shit, you know, because they look at what we, what we put on the surface and you and I have pretty decent content where it's like, we're not posting surface level shit. Like we're genuinely out there trying to help people, but they look at all these other influencers and they're comparing themselves to people that look like they have it all put together. And I didn't grow up with that. I don't know if you grew up with that, but when I was in high school, I didn't have people to compare myself to like negatively. So now all these kids are looking at like fucking Jay Alvarez. Who else is there? All these dudes. We're who going to Mykonos with Jay next week. No way. <laughs> I thought he was just, isn't he leaving? I thought he was leaving. That's leaving dope though. what? Mykonos. 
Oh, no, no. Yeah, we're going there next week with him. That'll be sick. That'll but be anyway. Sick. Yeah, anyway. So it's like all these people are comparing themselves to these people that look like they have it all put together, but no one really has it put together. So to all those people that are out there and they, they've felt these things or they're struggling to find a friend group that makes them feel welcomed and connecting to themselves in their in that similar position that you and I were once in where they lost their sense of self-value what would you what would you say to them to people who feel like they don't have supportive friends and because they've kind of lost themselves yeah because that's like yeah. probably the most frequently question frequently asked question I get is like how do I find friends that can actually like help me and help me grow and yeah feel like I'm welcome. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really good question, and obviously this is uh, something that I specialize in with what I do with the guys that I coach um, in my course Tribe Accelerator. But before we even talk about the social side of things, I think the first part is to understand yourself, and if you're going through these these negative times that Alex and I are talking about that we've both experienced it's you have to reframe it and understand and this was like a big breakthrough for me was in reflecting on those dark times it actually wasn't depression or anxiety or any negative connotation that the medical industry made up the pharmaceutical industry made up because they they say it's a problem so they can pre- prescribe you a solution and make money so they can profit off of it yeah. and and don't get me wrong they're like lexapro and some there are certain conditions i do believe like everything has, there's two truths in most cases. Sometimes there's paradoxes in, in life. And one of those I think is like mental illness, because on one hand, yes, I understand Lexapro and like, there are some medications that can help you if you have bipolar and certain levels of depression, but what depression and these mental uh, illnesses really are is it's an excess amount of energy in your body, specifically anxiety and specifically social anxiety. It's an excess amount of energy in your body that you're simply not capable of, of controlling and handling yet. What does anxiety feel like? Do you ever have anxiety attacks or insomnia or anything like that? Back in high school, I would have anxiety attacks all the time. And like before I had them, I would kind of just like mock people for them. I'd be like, anxiety attacks? Like, come on, bro. That's not that deep. And then like, I started having them and it just felt yeah. like a, basically what you're saying, like this, this ball of energy that I, I didn't know what to do with it. So I'd sit there and my heart rate would start going faster yes. and faster. You're just like, fuck. Like, so yeah, short answer. So it's, I compare it to like a, it's like a caterpillar going into con- a cocoon to turn into a butterfly. Like if you've ever watched a video of a caterpillar transforming, it looks disgusting. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's, so it's the same thing with anxiety. Like everyone who experiences that or any kind of dark time, it's just a a new level of energy. That's about to transform your whole entire state of consciousness from negativity and darkness and constriction and insecurity to that of expansion and happiness and ability to handle stress and So I think understanding that is really step one. And like, because it is, it's all, I mean, it is very difficult to just snap your fingers and like get rid of anxiety, even if you have that understanding. But that being said, there's a, I mean, there's, there's a, I've spent a lot of time and energy and money 
trying to figure out this question of like, how do you make friends? Like, how do you make not only friends, but like high value friends, you know, the, the type of friends that you can depend on that are loyal, that are also working on themselves that want to have these deep conversations. How do you meet high value women out there? Right. What even is a high value woman? Right. And like, and wherever you're at in your life, is it time for you to have a girlfriend? If you do have a girlfriend, how do you manage that? Like how, how, what, maybe you don't want a girlfriend, maybe you want multiple partners, right? Maybe you're in like a explorative phase in your life. How do you optimize these things socially? And I've just been obsessed with this over the last seven years, really. I think that we're, I mean, we're such social creatures that especially when you go through anxiety, for me, one of the things was like, when I was coming out of it was, okay, this is obviously affected my relationships. This like depression, negative thinking pattern. So in, in also in being obsessed with fixing myself, I was also obsessed with fixing myself so that I could perform better in my relationships. And that's the inner part of it. But the outer part is like, what can I do? What strategies can I implement in my life so that I can surround myself with the most high quality people? And not only that, but position myself so that they respect the shit out of me. Yeah. So and, you went, you went from depressed and then in college you blew up on YouTube for basically like being the life of the party type shit. So explain that. Yeah. That's another interesting part of it because while I was obsessed with like personal development and like I said, investing in coaches and courses, um, I was also implementing everything I was learning in the form of, one thing I did, which was super embarrassing, looking back on it, was I would actually like, I would journal every single day in a Google Drive document. And I would journal like the end of the day, but I would journal all my interactions. So if there was a girl I thought was pretty in class or something, I would go up and talk to her. And then, you know, wherever that would lead, I would literally like after, you know, after school, after homework, whatever, I would go back and I would go in my journal and I would like write how the interaction went, what were the pros and what were the cons and how could I improve? And I did this. There's, there's I kid you not, it's hilarious. I'll show you sometime. I have hundreds of pages of my freshman year Holy of shit. college where I was just dissecting my social interactions. And so that was one very strange thing that I did. Um, but then another thing that I did was I literally, like, like you said, I, I had a, a YouTube channel, but what the YouTube channel turned into was, if you think about it, I was filming me talking to all these new people that I was meeting. And a lot of them were friends that I, I started at sophomore year. So freshman year, I'd already made a bunch of friends. So, and I started filming all my interactions with people. And then I would go home and I would edit it and turn it into a vlog, right? For those of the people listening who don't know what a vlog is, uh, I'm sure you do because you watch Alex, <laughs> but you know, it's just like day in the life. And it was like day in the life at college. And I would show college parties and uh, what it's like in college class and like, you know, I, just everything. Right. And so if you think about it, what's weirder than journaling interactions, filming the interactions, and then going to your room every night. Cause I was doing at least four days a week in college, sometimes every day. And I was uploading the footage into my video editor and then watching it back and editing it. So now I'm literally watching myself talking to people and people responding to me. And like, when you do that and you actually watch yourself on camera, you notice so much about how you act and like 
and and how you tell stories and if you're saying um too much and if you're saying like too much and so I ended up doing that for years and that's I mean that's like the the my like self-study social side of it that I don't talk about a lot how were you able to do that with like the uncomfort dealing with the uncomfort because that's what I think a majority of people struggle with is getting over the uncertainty and the uncomfort of those interactions like how was I able to film videos in public yeah like and putting other people on camera because even me sometimes I have a hard time like recording other people because I don't want to make them uncomfortable yeah so it was another challenge that I was up for every day I would like it never gets unawkward like every time I would pull out my camera to film um, a, a video and I was a little, I wasn't, I don't want to say, no, I was definitely weird, but like I would penny board to class and I went to Boston university. Um, and I would sometimes like, I had like a gimbal. So it was like a stabilizer and I had this thing that I'm holding. It's so weird talking about it retrospectively. Cause in the moment I was like, Oh, well I just got to do this. But now I'm like, this, this is strange. And I don't do YouTube as much anymore. So like looking back, it's such a strange thing that I was doing, but so yeah, penny boarding, I penny remember, boarding with your I mean, here, here's what it was. Here's, here's what it was. I remembered, I was very observant of this. I would be petting boarding to class, filming myself. Right. And I would watch people as they looked at me and went, fuck is that kid doing? Like I could see it on their face, right? Like that's weird. And then some, I mean, some of them would do that and then they would look down and then I realized like, oh, they forgot two seconds later. Literally. <laughs> like they have their own issues they're insecure about. Instantly. And then I realized that half the time, not half the time, but sometimes people would be like, oh, what are you doing? Like, this is super cool. And then I made a friend. So how many subscribers did you gain your sophomore year? So when you started it? I think I grew like 80 to a hundred thousand subscribers my first year of YouTube. Nuts. That's nuts. That's like, that's really good. And it was all because you forced yourself to be uncomfortable, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. I will say another thing was back then, back in the day, like there wasn't a TikTok. YouTube vlogging with people barely knew what it was. It wasn't really a thing. Hmm. So when, when I was doing it, people didn't really know what I was doing. And now, like, if you're filming yourself, everyone's like, oh, what are you doing? A TikTok? Or what are you doing? Like, if I was filming myself, they half of them probably assumed it was a school project, you know? Really? Like, it was just, yeah. So I think there was a little bit of, I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, I, I definitely had to go into discomfort to, to so be able to do that. So where do you think the, the average person should start with this? Like building their social circle? their Ah. their lifestyle designing their lifestyle yeah yeah so i mean social circle if we want to take the transition and and go and go into that oh fuck you're lagging the very first thing you need to do is have a clear and it sounds strange like oh am i lagging my internet connection is unstable are we back yeah, you're good. Okay. So I'll repeat that. So um, the very first thing you need to do to 
the very first thing you need to do to build a social circle, and it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's to develop a better understanding of who the fuck you are. And the way you do that is there's really two major things you have to do. One, you have to get more clear on your purpose as a man or as a woman. And two, you have to ruthlessly define in detail the types of people that you want to have around you. So you have to define in detail what you want out of life and who you are and like what your purpose is, right? So for example, I'm Alex Sedlak. I am going to influence people through social media and I'm going to help them through my online course. And I'm going to have an impact on millions of people throughout the world and raise the collective consciousness. So you have to first get clear on who you are and what your mission is. So it starts with the individual, essentially. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start, just cut right off the, the first objection, which is, well, how do I find my purpose? The first thing you have to do, and this is, I think, a, a big realization people have when I first talk to them about this, and I say it over and over, is so many people don't know their life purpose simply because they keep telling themselves they don't know their life purpose, and that affirmation plays out again and again and yeah. again. Yeah. Literally every part of your life that you go, you feel like you don't have clarity about, like, oh, should I be in a relationship? Oh, should I... What's my life purpose? I don't know. I feel lost. Like you keep telling yourself the same affirmation. It's going to manifest. Your words every thing, every, every part thing of your reality. You yeah, exactly. Every little thing you tell yourself. So I guess it comes down to be, being intensely mindful about what you, what the person is telling themselves. So if they're saying, I don't know what my purpose is, I don't know where to start rather than yeah, like, so just, what's the reverse? Yeah. Like a, like a tiny shift to like every day I'm getting closer to finding my purpose or perfect. There we go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you need, to, you need to start telling yourself, I'm becoming more confident in who I am and what my purpose is. And every day I'm getting closer to the highest level version of myself. That's number one. Because if you don't know who you are, how can you influence anyone? Yeah, or like know what you want your friends to be like. Exactly. So once you know who you want to be, you have to define who your friends are going to be. And that process of like defining people is, uh, is something that I take very seriously. Like I'll write out the character traits. I'll write out where in the world they are. I'll write out like, are they into health and fitness? Like what areas of life I've defined for myself, I define for them as well. Like what's their purpose? What's their vision? What do they like to do for fun? Like everything. And I'll do the same thing for the girls in my life. Right. So girl, that I would potentially be interested in dating girl that is maybe like a, you know, a female friend of some sort. Um, and, and you just ruthlessly define everyone that you want. And that those two things are, are massive. Um, ruthless. A third one I'll give. I like that. A, a third one I'll give. And then I actually have a couple of questions for you, Alex no is, um, is, is actually, and this one is also very counterintuitive, but it's, it's to actually spend more time uh, in meditation and doing nothing. Stillness. And, and the reason is because if you can't do nothing, how do you expect yourself to be able to do anything? So if you can't sit there and do nothing, how do you expect yourself to be able to influence someone? If it's hard for you to sit still in a chair for an hour, 
you which can't it is control for most yourself. people. Yeah. yeah you, you can't, can't control yeah. yourself in a social interaction. That's a good one. I, we, we talk a lot about stillness. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people really underestimate the, the power of just sitting there. Do you know who Terrence McKenna is? Yes. So Terrence McKenna, he went to prison for something. I forget what he went to prison for, but he said his entire time when he was in prison, he would just watch his breath. Every time he'd breathe in, he'd say rising. Every time he'd breathe out, he would say falling. And he would just see how long he could do that without allowing his subconscious to take his mind over because he was in a prison cell. He had nothing to do. And, and the people in Create Reality always tell, uh, like, I'll challenge them. I'll be like, how long can you sit there in complete stillness and just go rising and falling? And majority of people, five seconds tops before they, their brain craves some sort of stimulation, whether it be pick up your phone, turn on the TV. And like, in, if the individual looks at how many times they pick up their phone a day, like it's, it's preposterous. Like yesterday I picked up my phone 68. No, I've picked up my phone 68 times today and it's wow. Two, it's two o'clock. Right. Wow. And, so like, and that's me being conscious of it. Like I've read today. I've worked out today. I've meditated today. And that's me being conscious of it. So the average individual isn't even being conscious of, and that's completely subconscious, right? Like when you go to pick up your phone, you're likely not thinking like, okay, I'm going to go consciously pick up my phone. You're just doing it. And then hoping that you have a notification. So can I share, can I share one of my biggest life hacks with you? Yeah, dude. So it came around the time. I don't remember exactly when, but I realized that there was this whole issue going around or meme going around that like checking your phone is bad or logging into your Instagram is bad Hmm. or checking social media is ruining your brain. And so I was like, Hmm, I reject that. (laughs) And so I basically turned my entire phone and digital experience into essentially either, uh, uh, no matter how often I check my phone, it will be productive. And one way that I do that is turning my phone into a vision board. So if people are watching on video, oh, my phone is up here, of course, but my, I've turned my phone into a, a vision board, like with the, the background. And then I also have Pinterest board widgets hmm. that, that, uh, every hour show a different image from different vision boards. So I have like dream houses, dream cars, dream travel destinations, what I want my lifestyle to look like. And it's like four different Pinterest boards. And then you just add a widget. And then the other ones are finance apps. And then on my Instagram, I ruthlessly mute and eliminate people that I follow who add any level of negativity. So if ever I go on Instagram, it's either somebody I love or something that I'm like someone that I want to learn from. So I've been, uh, I've been able to pretty much turn my phone into a place where I look at it and I'm like, Oh, this is good. I feel good. Yeah, dude. Now, and that being Twitter. said, you're on money Twitter is... as well. Money Twitter as well. Yes. Money Twitter's fire. So you've probably unfollowed a majority of girls that aren't adding anything to your life. Yeah, that's another thing you can do on the Discover page is whenever if you find if you're a guy watching this and you have a lot of like bikini models, dude, mine's you know that's like ruining your perception of women. And because yeah. a lot of these girls I've met so many girls on like who I first saw on the Discover page and like you meet them in person and they don't look like that. Isn't and it fucked then, up? Like it's, it's so fucked up. Yeah. So you just click the three dots and then you go see fewer posts like this. Done. Yeah, mine, mine could use uh, a sweep. Mine could use a sweep personally. It's just, it's insane because 
like biologically your brain's gonna fire when it when it sees that shit so if you're not being intensely conscious of when you see that you're like okay i don't want to click on that i'm not going to click on that and then to to tell the instagram that you don't want to see it like takes a lot out of a dude and very very few are actually mindful enough to even consider consider that because their lust is one of the most power it is the most powerful emotion right so being able to alter your brain state when you're experiencing that that state is not easy not easy can i share some dark arts of course (laughs) so here's some dark arts that i learned that i i share with guys in tribe accelerator um this is some of the, the the deep stuff um as you just said lust is one of the most powerful i would say it's like uh it's like that colombian devil's flower have you heard of that no there's this flower in colombia that like you it's like this it's like a very dark drug but like you you blow it in people's faces and it basically are you were you a harry potter fan no no so you, you blow it in people's faces and it literally makes them do whatever you tell them to do colombian colombian devil flower devil i forget what it's called exactly you find it can we pull it up jamie yeah yeah we'll pull it up real quick uh share screen all right colombian devil flower here's here are the results yes that's it so what happens is people get this like blown in their face and then they're literally helpless and they will i mean unfortunately sometimes people get it's like a you know, a rape drug. Sometimes, sometimes what happens is people like, we shouldn't even be talking about this because we're just raising awareness about it. The drugs <laughs> Alex and Arlen are responsible for like uh, uh, raising the next terrorist wow. with this devil flower. Losing Devil's their breath, memory that's what and it is. Yeah. free will. Yeah. So people will like empty their bank account on this thing and like send all their money and like all their assets to someone else. Wow. It's insane. Yeah. So That's anyway, so, so lust, the emotion of lust and porn has a very similar effect. If you think about it, you yeah. know, like I definitely used to be addicted to porn. Oh, dude, it and happens to every guy. Like, I don't think I every know guy. a guy that hasn't dealt with that. Yeah. And, and it was very difficult to get over, but one of the ways that I was actually able to get over it is what I'm about to share with you, which I actually think I might've made up. And what I started to do was I found myself addicted and I started putting like porn images at the bottom of my, uh, I have like, um, vision boards that I, I make in like keynote and I put the porn images at the bottom of it. And just before the porn images, I have like a picture of a black hole and it says like, beware, like this is dark energy that you're entering, but you can transmute it because Newton's law, or it's one of these laws. Any energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed. So what I started to do was I would go and I would look at the porn images, get the arousal, and then I would go back up and I would look at my goals. You ever read so now my body is, what's that? You ever read Think and Go Rich? Yeah. Yeah. It talks, it talks about how like being able to transmute the sexual energy is like one of the biggest cheat codes to life. Exactly. And I mean, I obviously I didn't, I didn't invent sex transmutation, but I think porn transmutation is a, is a different. And yeah, a different when, when you're looking at those pictures in your, 
vision board, it probably like desensitizes you to them because you're seeing them so it often does. and you know why they're there. Bro, that's, that is what eliminated my porn addiction. Actually, really, that's going to be the, it's going to be the intro of the video right there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the video title is just recovering porn addict Arlen Moore. <laughs> But yeah, bro. Uh, Realistically, dude, like I know people that cannot control those urges like four, five, six times a day because they just it it's it's fucked because you get a, you yeah. get exposed to porn at what like 13, 14 years old. Your, your brain yeah. doesn't even know how to comprehend what the fuck's going on. Yep. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. But that's a good way to get over it. That's a That's a good way to get over it. I've never thought of that. Okay. So uh, there's our porn talk. Um, How do we get into that? We were talking yeah. about like making friends and then we started talking about porn. The devil's, the devil's flower. How do we get there? Vision board. Yeah, that's. Well, yeah. well, I mean, on the, on the friend topic, actually, I have an idea. I think, so I only got in, I only just scratched the surface on like social circle, making friends and networking and dating and that kind of stuff i actually have a full like 300 slide keynote that i made that's like i break down i did this at the beginning of the year for my followers and it was like it's like the seven things that you need to do like seven steps to building a high value group of friends in 2022 to attract the girls that you want to attract you know the business opportunities and networking opportunities 300 slides yeah it's crazy in depth everything i do is like deep what is that like an hour and a half, two hour webinar? Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Yeah. It's like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Or okay. Hour and 45. a half. Yeah. That's yeah. That's so, so what I'm thinking is we could do one together and like, we kind of collab on it. That'd be fire. That'd be fire. I would love that. But let, I mean, let's, I mean, we'll see if your audience wants it, right? Like we could pretty yeah. much do a custom one. So if you guys want to see that DM Alex on Instagram, at Alex, it's at Alex. It's just your name, right? Yep, Alex Sedlak. Hit, hit me in the DMs, and I'd be down to put that together. That'd be fire. And and also just tell them how you're liking the podcast. Yeah, because I'm having fun so far, but I think we have a lot more to dive into. Yeah, we got a, we got a couple more topics, but yeah, give me some feedback because I'd be more than thrilled to collab webinar. That'd be sick. That'd be Alex, sick. I have I have some questions for you, and I, they are social related as well, but. One thing it. I've noticed about you immediately, and we haven't like, I mean, I, I've just seen you because when TikTok started popping off and like, at least when I downloaded TikTok in 2019, you were one of the first faces to pop up. And I was like, oh, this kid's like right on. I like this kid. And um, it's crazy. And, and one thing I, I noticed, well, it's, I mean, it's not that crazy. You have 2 million followers, like. And you were on there early, right? Yeah, like I was on You got on early. 2019, early 2019 or what? Uh, No, early 2020. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, because I specifically remember I, I downloaded it in 2019. So I, damn, I must have, I was, I was on it before you. That's, That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> so, so anyway, um. Yeah, I saw you and like, and then we started chatting and I found out that you had kind of known who I was back in when I was uploading a lot on YouTube. And one thing I noticed about you is you're like, you are, you're very open and vulnerable and humble. 
And I was just wondering like where you learned that because it's pretty rare, especially for a kid who's like 21 and has, you know, you have a lot of money, you have a lot of followers, you have a very good life. And uh, yeah, I'm just curious for you, why is that important to you and where did you learn it? So why is being like open and vulnerable and humble important? Yeah. So probably I appreciate you recognizing those things. Um, but being open is just one thing where I've realized over time that everyone is a human and everyone's dealing with their own shit, even though like people love to act like tough as shit and better than people. But it, going through like my depression really tuned me into like wanting to help people go through that. So I was like, the only way to really help people through that is by like sympathizing with them and being like, dude, like I've been through this shit. I've been through a lot of shit that I re like regret that I wish I wouldn't have done. And by doing that, it allows people to trust you a lot more when you're actually open and you're vulnerable and you're connecting with them, not on just like some like cliche level, but when you're actually open and vulnerable. And I, like I put out like all of my life experiences on the internet because the world has seen enough people that don't, you know, that are just like fake influencers. Um, so I'll like, I'll talk about my psychedelic experiences, like how I was like suicidal and all this shit where like most people, they always try to put out their best side forward. And I just don't think that's real. And I feel like people really appreciate authenticity and vulnerability. My mom's always been preaching vulnerability always because she's like if i was never vulnerable i would not be living the life that i'm living today you have to be you have to take risks um and then be proud of yourself for being able to be vulnerable and take the risk even if it doesn't go the way you want it to um and then being humble i i think is like a fundamental pillar to success i mean if you look at andrew tate that dude is the, one of the e egotistical people you'll ever see but that dude has millions of dollars he has no reason to be humble like He's, he's a world champion, but being humble is kind of just something that, uh, comes second nature to me where it's like, after my psychedelic experiences, it really taught me that like, I don't know anything. I don't, I'm not better than anyone. We're all human. And if I was that human, I would probably be making the same decisions as them. And yeah, I'll be confident with like how I carry myself, what I post on the internet. And if it's in alignment with who I am, I'll comfortably post whatever I want to post. But my intention is never to make someone feel like I'm better than them because no one likes feeling like you think you're better than them. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, you obviously very much have your feet on the ground. Um, it's cool to hear that your mom's been an influence you on you for that. And, and so my other question then is like, obviously you went through this like depression and then uh, and you know, some dark times and that made you want to help people. And so you started posting on TikTok and sharing advice and then you got some fame and then you got some money. And how have you feel that you've been able to stay humble even after all that? Because I mean, we were talking about it the other day, like you walk around, you're at, yeah. you're trying to just enjoy yourself at a club or something like that. And you're getting recognized and I'm sure you got a lot of girls in the DMs. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I just, how do you keep that, that, or how do you don't stay, don't, don't get lost in the sauce and remember why you started. And even after you get some success, like remember what you're doing it for in the first place. There was, there was definitely some times where I got lost in the sauce, but life will always find a way to like, like 
remind you. Um, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it, I just try not to let it get to my head because whenever I, I do recognize those things, I'll be like, damn, I got hella girls in my DMs or like, I got a lot of money. But then I think about where I'm headed versus where I'm at now, like where I'm headed versus where I'm at now, right now is nothing. Like I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. And that's what I try to constantly remind myself because I don't, in, in the grand scheme of everything, I don't know anything. I don't, I, I'm, I'm scraping the surface when it comes to money and like experiences like you're you're living a crazy ass life right like i'm i just started traveling i've traveled like twice so it's like i i i have a vision board of what my life wants to look like and people will look at me a little bit like oh bro you've already made it like you're set for life and i don't look at it like that because it's fully up to me to be the one to make it happen every day you know it's like a, you have to win every single day type thing and I don't allow myself like when I went to Hawaii, like I was, I was, I was tweaking. I was honestly tweaking. Like I enjoyed it a little bit for the most part. I enjoyed it. But when I was there, I was like, dude, like I could fall off so easily if I don't. The Hawaii effect. The Hawaii effect, bro. But yeah, Very it's, real. it's, yeah, it's challenging at times to, but I've been studying Buddhism a lot lately and that really really taps me into like like just not making decisions out of your ego and tapping into love more than doing things to just be selfish i, I guess who are you reading to learn buddhism i don't even know bro i just got this book at some you know that like chinese looking structure in hawaii the temple thing it, in what island oahu it's that it's literally just, I think the book is literally just called North the North Shore? Yeah. East Side. Yeah, that's the North. Sh no, 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 not. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, wait, near like. It's near, uh, near the Botanical Gardens. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think I went to that thing when I went. Yeah, so there's just this book that says just the teaching of Buddha. Little, little, uh -huh. little book. And I've been reading it. I'm like, damn, this is like some crazy shit. But psychedelics, bro, I, I have to say, like, I had a crazy ego death. I did two tabs of acid because I took the two tabs of acid because of my ego. I wanted, like, my friends were doing acid for the first time, and I've done acid before, like, one time. And I was like, oh, I've already done acid once. Like, I'm going to do two tabs because like, I know what I'm doing. And it was fucking insane. It was insane. Like, the world itself, like, my, I started to glitch. like. I would, you know how like when you're playing Call of Duty, I don't know if you ever play Call of Duty, but you'd be running and like your screen will freeze and then you'll end up 10 feet in front of you and you're like, what the fuck? I just glitched. That was happening. I never really played video games, but yeah. I that was happening to me <laughs> in real life. And I was, I was scared for my life, bro. Like time was freezing and shit. So that caused my ego basically just to disintegrate. Cause I was like, I don't, it, I don't even know what the fuck's going on here. I don't know anything and I need to calm my ego down. So it was, I've probably done shrooms. Shrooms are probably more, I'm very open about my psychedelic experience. So you ever done it? No, wow. I have a certain stance on it though. What's your stance? Um, I think that life is already a psychedelic experience and that might be a cop out for just not taking them. But if you think about it, I mean, I think the craziest psychedelic experience you can have is falling in love. And, oh, and getting into yeah, a relationship. Yeah. I, I think that, and 
I can't, I guess I can't speak and say the most because I haven't done psychedelics. Actually, I, I can say I've, I, one of the things that actually spawned, I think my awakening was smoking weed or marijuana or ganja, I think is the spirituals like to call it ganja. Um, but yeah, I smoked weed for like five months starting when I was 15. And that's what like started my anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Weed. Yeah. Weed when it's used like unintentionally can really fuck you up. Like yeah. it, I, uh, that's what caused my depression too. Like addiction to dab pens. You ever, you ever do a dab pen? No, dude. Thank, thank Oh, God. well, yeah, I have, but I, I never like in, in my high school. It was like the cool thing to do to have a dab pen. So we'd, we'd have our dab pen in our, in our sock at all times. Like during school, we'd smoke before school, after school, and then we'd go smoke real weed. Like we smoked a lot of weed my senior year of high school and it was a very high concentrated amount. So that just fucked up my brain entirely to the point where like, I couldn't even eat without smoking. It was, it was heinous, but I've, I've done shrooms probably like 10, 15 times. And I would say that was one of the greatest things, uh, in terms of my, uh, evolvement really. Have you done a silent retreat? No, no. See, ayahuasca releases DMT in your brain. And that one, that one, I have a little bit of resistance towards just because I don't know if I want to know what happens when I die. And essentially, that's what happens. Uh, Wait, from DMT, but I said, have you done a silent retreat? Oh, what's that? Uh, okay, so a silent retreat, I did one at the start of COVID. And all you do, it's you don't need to go to a jungle in Costa Rica. You can literally do it without leaving your room. What? And you just sit still and don't talk to anyone for a day, two days, three days, a week. Um, ideally, you do it in nature. So I'll tell you the exact, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But the way that I did mine was I, the first day I sat still in a room and essentially stared at a wall, like a white wall for 24 hours or for, for 12 hours. I didn't eat food um, and I didn't speak. And then the next day I allowed myself a journal and I allowed myself nature so i went outside and i sat in my yard all day and then the third day i did it and i went on a walk and that's some that's very psychedelic experience as well i can't imagine because you're, you're in your head that whole time yeah and you learn so much like about how your mind works one of the most interesting things i learned in the silent retreat was i had so much anxiety about Cause I, I mean, I just, I was in a great headspace doing it and I was building my business maxi at that time. And I had so many ideas, but I, I was like, I don't want to journal cause I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit here. I'm like, I'm going to forget all these ideas. And what I learned through the silent retreat was if it's a good enough idea and if the universe is guiding you to actually remember that idea and act on it, it will remind you. Hmm. So since then I've, stressed way less about like writing my ideas down because like if i'm like you ever get a thought you're like oh i gotta write that down like no like you don't need to write it down because your consciousness will always bring it back when you need to remember it and like so that was a big realization and that was also when i real that was actually when i realized that i needed to turn my phone into like a positive manifestation tool 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, that sounds like a psychedelic experience because shrooms basically said like the same thing to me, where it's like when when you're tripping, like you have this resistance towards your phone because it's just like this is such artificial thing when you're looking around you and it's like a beautiful moment. You're like, wow, this is beautiful. And then you just see this thing that has so much negativity just in your hand. And it's just like, damn, like if I'm not intentional about what I do with this thing, like I will just fall down a very slippery slope. You know what I also started realizing, especially during the lockdowns was that I think trees and nature are borderline aliens if not aliens <laughs> just some of the most high consciousness and alive creatures that it, it, it literally sounds like planet. you did shrooms like this is this is exactly how that's what i'm would. saying bro i don't need to do shrooms <laughs> yeah. bro my my state of consciousness is shrooms already like i i wake up and i'm like ah the sheets of the bed and like i'm holding the microphone and i'm speaking to digital alex in digital another, like it's already I've, I'm, in, I've been in a different country every week like this is already insane yeah that's crazy. why do i need to do what else is there to experience i almost imagine like if i did them it would just nothing much would happen because i'm i don't know maybe i i don't know but it, yeah i mean dude you, i yeah i mean how you're thinking right now i i didn't think before i did shrooms shrooms kind of did that to me but like some people don't need them. Some people desperately need them. And some people like you, you stumbled upon it naturally. And that's sick. Yeah. And like I said, as well about relationships, right? Like I went through a very toxic relationship in 2019 to 2020. And it was one of the most excruciating experiences of pain in my life. And like even worse than the depression because it was worse than depression. It was, it brought me to a state of apathy. Then we which, just don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. You don't, you can't even move. Yeah. Like I was, I couldn't even move at that point. Um, and the embarrassment that happened because of it, long story short, it was, I, I met this girl and I had the YouTube channel and I started filming the relationship almost immediately. So all my followers knew who the girl was. It was so, and also she was, she was attractive of course i mean come on but like i was getting all this validation from like having a hot girlfriend and like the videos were popping off because like videos still there back then were now they're all private Ah. i could say i could sing you some i could sing you some um (laughs) and uh and then it just got super toxic and uh i'm sure some people will resonate with this but she ended up cheating on me um at Coachella with a major celebrity and then posted can we, a can we get the celebrity name. Can we get the celebrity name? Uh it was good old Cam Dallas. Cameron Dallas. Yeah. Damn. So you know, like good old whatever. Cam but, Dallas. But uh but Coachella. He, uh, how, the hell, because, how the hell does that happen at Coachella? Well, I wasn't there. Oh. It, this is where I learned about why if your girl says she's going on a girl's trip you know, stick it's to yourself. True. King. I guess it's true. Right. So, and it's funny now because, um, I've hung out with Taylor Holder a couple of times, you know, and he, they're obviously like buddies. And so it's come full circle, but at that time, you know, back those, this is like a few years ago now, um, like that. And she, bro, she posted a Getty images, paparazzi photo with him, like the day after she cheated on me with him. How'd you find out? And 
What do you mean? How did I find out? How'd you find? Did she tell you? She posted it. Well, did the picture? And we had a public relationship. Did the picture like, give it, you enough proof that she cheated on you? Yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that she archived all our other pictures, and yeah, I mean, yeah, like it it was a it was bad. So, bro, and then the Hollywood fix was following them around, and it was a whole no it was, way. It was, a, it was like a Nessa Barrett, Josh Richards type situation. So when that stuff was happening, I was like, I see this man. Like I fully understand this. This is pain, and that was that was very embarrassing, obviously because it was public. Um, yeah, so that probably taught you not to like publicize your relationships. Yeah, so so I mean, like that pain too. Like the, I mean, I was so insecure in that relationship, and I didn't even really realize it until I was going through it. Right. So, talk about like psychedelics and stuff. It's like, I don't know. I I've just experienced life so much to the point where, and then don't get even get me started on like death. Right. Like. There's so many things that life can humble you with or teach you lessons with that are shocking that I have nothing against psychedelics. I have friends who've had beautiful experience, but I personally have not been energetically drawn to them at least yet. I feel like, I mean, I'm kind of, I have no like pull towards them anymore at all, which is surprising because I used to do them like once a month. Like I would dedicate a day a month to do shrooms. That probably lasts like six months. And now it's just like, I don't feel like, I feel like if I do them, it's just gonna give me some depersonalization. So like, I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. You ever experienced that depersonalization? No. What even is that? That one's, that one's like one where you can't really give it words. It's just like, you kind of like zone out. You stop being yourself kind of, and you sort of just look at yourself yeah and you're like is any of this real like you're like it just oh i experienced that yeah i experienced that sometimes yeah it's just like you're like am i real like is this real is this like a dream am i and then it it's a slippery slope but i went through like a a week it was a week after i did like like adderall i did adderall at a party and like it just fucked me up yeah physiologically Let's um let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about what do you think the the appropriate size of a circle is in your friend group? Do you think too there's too big? No, I mean I I believe in having absolutely like having like your tight initial circle, you know, your your immediate circle. But in like a tribe accelerator, I tell guys what your goal, your objective should be if you want to live an epic life, kind of like you're seeing me do across Europe and Mexico and Bali. Yeah, right? Your pictures is, are it's like, called yeah. it, it's called tribal transurfing, is what I, I named tribal it. Tribal transurfing. And so the idea is you want to have a local friend in major cities around the world, at least three. That's like over seven weeks. What I help guys accomplish is to get at least three friends in one in like one major dope city that you want to travel to and be a part of around the world. And so when you go to that city, you don't have to start from scratch. Mm. You hang out with them and they introduce you to the girls that you would want to date, the clubs you'd want to go to, the restaurants that you need to go to, where if you're going to get an Airbnb, 
you he tells you what area of town to go to or you just stay with him right so that's what we've been doing literally every part of, of europe like we go to saint tropez we stay with our buddy andre we go to uh we go london. to italy we stay with our buddy mario who's raised in italy like we go to london i go with iman right we're that's in barcelona sick. right now adam my friend adam just knows barcelona very well like his his buddy's a d like a resident dj at one of the clubs here so it's like you need to have like it's not necessarily about and obviously it helps to and i help guys a lot with like building the skill set of like communication and talking to people and stuff but i think the biggest realization i had in making friends and networking and, and even dating is realizing you don't have to do it from scratch over and over and over again especially with the internet the, bro yeah the, but the the realization the key is that the circles that you want to be a part of the friends that you want they're already like even in your city right now you're in miami right yep like if you guys if someone listening is like oh i want to have a circle in miami there already is the circle in miami they're already going to kiki on the river and then hanging out at alex's apartment for post game and then going to 11 right like they're all these these things are already happening with or without you you don't have to create them you just have to find the people and then get invited so how would you say the best way to go about finding the people well as you just mentioned one way is is instagram and social media and you it's not about followers like i help guys build an absolutely fire profile that girls will find attractive and not only that but girls will not be turned off by because mm. that's a major thing yeah dude it's like it's actually crazy instagram is the most important tinder yes so i help guys to brand themselves even if they aren't like an influencer like you or me like i help guys basically all you need is like nine photos i tell them some some people can get away with like two some of the most fire profiles and coolest guys i know have two pictures or even less and it's so it's all about positioning. Wow. And if you have the right photos, which is what I help guys achieve in Tribe Accelerator, you can DM cute chicks that you find attractive. You can meet a guy out at some networking event or dinner. And then if he DMs you on Instagram, he doesn't think you're a weirdo, right? Because your Instagram can disqualify you instantly if it sucks. Instantly. Like if someone yeah. has a shitty Instagram, like it doesn't matter if you have 450 followers, but if you have like, pictures of just your cat like people are gonna be like ah this dude's a fucking loser that's something we could that's something we could go in depth on the webinar too yeah i'd be so, down i'd be down so so yeah again if people want that webinar dm alex tell tell alex in the dms how on instagram dms if you're enjoying this podcast and if you'd be interested in us doing that and then we'll put it together um because by the way i mean i put a lot of work into that one that i did at the beginning of the year and if you and i do one i will put like I'll redo it. So it's like custom to us oh, and for your followers and we'll, we'll crush it. That'd be fine. I would happily do that, bro. And I, I'm sure people would happily tune into that if they made it an hour deep into the podcast. Yeah. Let's hope absolutely. they did. Let's hope they did. I'll, I'll post about it on my I, Instagram story and we'll be chilling. I, I think we got a lot more we can dive into. How's your energy level? Yeah. More fuck. What do you got? I think we could talk about I think we could talk about dating in your twenties as a high value man. Oh yeah. I think we could talk one. about red pill. Oh shit. I think we could talk about I think we could talk about I mean we've already talk, hit like consciousness and making friends and manifestation so, and dark times. I think we need to talk about dating and relationships yeah, and chicks and 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 red pill because that's like the what's taking over 
you know, the young man space right now. And I think they need our opinions. I think they do as well. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because it's, I see way too many fucking like, I hate the word beta male, but there's just a lot of them, bro. There's a lot of them where they don't, they don't understand like their body language. They don't understand all the little intricacies and how they communicate and their priorities of what's more important, their purpose and the girl. And like, yeah, there's, there's a fuck ton to be said about it. So I'm glad you brought it up. What's your, what's your, uh, I don't know if you're public about it, but are you currently in a relationship? Are you single? Are you, I mean, where are you at right now? We're not dating just because I highly doubt she's going to watch this. I'm not dating her because the like, the longer you wait to be exclusive with a girl, the more attracted she is to you because she's like, okay, well, he's not wanting to be exclusive with me probably because he's weighing out his options, probably because he has so much shit better to do than to just cuff me instantly. Uh, so no, I'm not dating. So you're her, not dating. Cause she hasn't asked the question yet. No, we've talked about it. We've talked about it multiple yeah. times. Uh, and I just say like, I'm not ready for commitment because I got it. have a lot of shit to do. Like I'm building a whole multiple businesses. I'm in Miami. I'm 21 years old. I'm a high value man. Like, and that just, those are things that will probably make a girl want you more. And I think that's the problem with dudes is that they're so eager to, to, to cuff. Like they're so eager, like that it turns them off immediately. Like a girl doesn't necessarily want someone that wants to be exclusive with them until, so that's why like, I've learned a lot. Like I talked to probably six girls in 2021 and all of them went to shit because I wasn't red pill. I wasn't doing these things where I'd just be like, I would be very affectionate. I'd be vulnerable yeah. way too early. You basically be the girl. Exactly. Exactly. And like, they're, You're they're doing gonna, what she's supposed to be doing. Exactly. And they're going to give you so much resistance towards that and like respect you less. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, on that note too, it's, that's exactly right. Like, most guys out there are basically playing the role of the girl and that's why they fail. They are so eager to get into a relationship. They hook up with the girl, they catch feelings, they start getting emotional. They ask her where it's going and then she leaves them and then they're heartbroken. And in reality, what should happen is you got to make it a fucking mission for this girl. <laughs> straight up, straight up to, to lock you down. It should be difficult. It should be like a, it should be like a, um, an army invasion tactical assassin like plan on her behalf to get you to be her man and you need to have hoops for her to basically prove to you that she's a girl worth dating and i had that for my girl my current girlfriend uh i am in a relationship right now which this is one of the first times i've said that on a public podcast but we're an hour and a half hour or so deep into it yeah. so i think it's okay this is bare bones um, yeah and uh and and so yeah i'm in a relationship right now I, i'm i'm sure people are probably thinking like what do you do to do to be a man and create that that those hoops what are those hoops that she needs to jump through and the first thing you need to realize is like alex has decided like are you in a position to be in a relationship do you want one? Yes or no. And if you catch feelings for a girl, are you going to be strong enough to basically tell her that you have to keep it at an arm's distance? And two, if you say, you know, what, I do want a relationship, which is something I told myself 
actually at the beginning of 2020, what are the extensive list of character traits and qualifications for that girl? And you have to be unwavering and, and very stubborn about those character traits. So I basically made a list on my phone and the list is fucking long. And it's what does Arlen's girlfriend look like? Not physically, but character looks obviously personality, you know, loyalty levels, body count. Like I have a lot of things that are very important to me. How many? Yeah. What do you think? For a girlfriend? Yeah. For me? No, like more than three is a problem for me. Wow. And you found one with less than three? Mm-hmm. I found one. Yeah. I'm not going to say exactly how many, but less, less than three. Yeah. That's impressive. That's impressive. In, in Miami, I can't find a girl with under, under like seven. So I'll take under seven. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I look for, I look for loyalty, you know, and that's important too. a, a girl with, with less on less, less of a body count. This, this infuriates some girls, especially who have a higher body count. Yeah. I mean, it's just a reflection because, of- because, you know, they can't change it. Yeah. You can't. It's, I personally, cannot- like, I haven't even asked the girl I'm talking to what her body count is, but she like tries to tell me and I'm like, I don't care. Like, I seriously don't care at all. Because like I feel like I would care. Well, I mean, unless unless you're not in a position to date, then it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. I just let her character. Well, hold on, hold on. Me. Sorry, I, I take that back. Sorry, and I'll let you finish your point as well. It does matter to an extent, and I can elaborate on that after you finish your point. I just Go let ahead. her character tell me all the things that I'm looking for, because I, I I'll never ask, and I'll never tell her mine. Uh, just because like, I think, let me try to find words for this. I think that everyone goes through a point in their life where they, they need to feel validated. And so I'm like, a lot of the times sex is the answer to that. And I feel like in, in the world that we live in now, where hookup culture is so prominent that Anything under 10 is impressive if you're 20, if you're 21 years old, anything under 10, because I know people that have, which, 50. which by the way, is insane. If you told that to our grandparents, it is, it actually is insane. It's totally, it's totally fucking insane. Uh, especially with college, bro. Like college is just fucking heinous. Um, yep. But I personally just like, I'm, I'll never ask and I'll never tell a girl. Have you read The Rational Mail by Rola Tomasi? Of course. Mandatory. I think he mentions body count in there. Where he's like, don't, don't ask because like it shows that you don't care about like, ah, fuck. I'm, I'm mumbling right now, but I just personally I mean, don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think you have to tell the girl your body count. But I think it's important that you know hers. If you want to pursue a relationship, and now I'll go back as well to let's say you're in a position where you're like, no, I don't want to have a relationship. I don't really care. Um, if you care about being, you know, considerate and not leading a girl, some like if you don't want to basically deceive a girl, 
and basically make her think that you're going to be, you know, her man at some point. Like, like for me, that's, if I'm looking for a girlfriend, that's probably one of the first questions I'm asking. Really? So you personally, really? if a girl checked every single box by how did body count of like nine, what are you doing? Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I would not date her. What now? What's your your reasoning behind that? Because I really think that girlfriend slash wife material is is almost bred into you at birth, like and going into your family and how you were raised, like and the culture that you were brought up in. Mm. And I don't necessarily know if loyalty can be can be learned. Um, and look, I don't have all the answers. I wouldn't consider myself like a, uh, I've certainly learned a lot through my experiences with relationships, but I'm 25. I think if you want the best relationship advice, you ask, you know, someone who's been in a successful relationship for 20 plus years. Right. Um, so but well, I, I have learned about- a lot and, 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 and what I can say is, is from what I've seen, you know, that the level of loyalty of a, of a girl whose whole entire life growing up, her family said, this is the way it's done. You know, sex is not something to be taken lightly. You only do it with someone that you could see yourself getting to a relationship with and long-term. And here's how you vet for that. Then, you know, like if a girl has, I mean, think of it like guys don't really care. And guys are obviously biologically built different sperm is cheap eggs are rare right Mm. but like if if a girl has had sex with 20 guys what's 21 if she's not having a good time with you and she's out of the club and she likes partying and she enjoys this lifestyle and she gets drunk and you know like and she's had 20 sex with 22 guys why not have sex with 23 it's like it doesn't matter do you agree with the term do you agree with the term a key that opens many locks is a master key but a lock that is opened by many keys as a shitty lock. It's, I, I don't want to say it, but it's, <laughs> I don't think it's, I, I, I think it's not wrong. I agree. I agree to some sense, but I think that's also, there's, no, it's, see, that's, that's one of the things where I just, I try not even to think about it too much because, like, I, like, I, yeah, fuck. There's there's only so much you can say on a podcast about it. Now that being said, I don't, I I don't look down upon any girl that chooses to have a more free flowing sexual life. But I'm a man, and I have my preferences about what yeah. I want, and I'm allowed to have those opinions. One hundred percent. The same way a girl, the same yeah. way a girl can say, "Oh, I I don't want to date a guy under six foot." Well, I don't want to date a girl with more than six bodies. So, so, so like, six, so six is your number. No, uh, three. it's, it's three. Yeah. It's three. Wow. That's crazy. Especially at the age of 25. Like that's some like, that's some like elite self-control. That's wild. Okay. So, wow. We just, we just went on a tangent on bodies there. Okay. So how did it, I feel like a lot of dudes have a problem with posting the girl they're talking to way too quick. Like 
because I feel like if you post a girl when you start talking to her, it shows her that like you're it's a very high level form of of validation of yeah. your attention toward her. Yeah. And the yeah. only thing that a man has that a girl is really competing for is his attention and validation. And if you validate her by saying, this is my girl, which is again, when I went through the talk to relationship and got cheated on, like one of the first things I did was like push for the relationship. Actually, I think she pushed for the relationship if I really look back on it, but I, 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 she like pushed for it and I was like, okay, yep, done. Let's do it. Let's film YouTube videos together. Yeah. YouTube that's like couple, the thing you down. don't want to do, right? Like you don't want, exactly. like even when they push, you want to be like, I still don't know. Yep. Until yep. like you yourself are fully like financially in a position, mentally, spiritually, whatever, physically. And I don't, I don't necessarily, I feel like a girl, yeah. Like you said earlier, a girl has to fully prove herself and deserve like you as an individual. And you kind of have to carry yourself with that that attitude and that stature that if you fuck up once, like you won't have access to me. And it, it really helps when you're living a lifestyle like you and I are. So it's a lot easier for us to say, because we have a lot to provide. Like you can travel with us, come on boats. And we're just aware on like 99% of the population. We understand ourselves and others. So like, if you want to be like something of value to a woman, like you yourself have to become something of value. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like which traits are most important quite often. And I struggle to imagine or come up with a trait much more important than loyalty. Mm. Agreed. Like there's, and, and that's like, you know, I, we've been seeing a lot of different girls on this trip in Europe. We fly different girls in that we're friends with or that my friends have been talking to or dating. Uh, I've had the same girl the whole trip, obviously, because I'm in a relationship. How's that going? Um, it's going amazing. Like, and you learn a lot traveling with someone too. Um, I mean, one of the things I love about her, she's, I'm very like, art, my parents are artists. I was raised very artistic, like, I'm all over the place. This girl's like OCD, hyper-organized. Like she does a lot for me. Like it's almost like having a personal assistant sometimes, <laughs> which is very nice. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, like I, I, I kind of like observe and look at a lot of the other girls and, you know, some girls are, have like a very impressive career and like make a ton of money. Some girls, um, you know, are like super fit and like really into their health. Some girls are, um, you know, I'm just thinking of different personality and character traits. Some girls are like extremely intelligent and went to like a very good school. Like some girls came from nothing and built themselves up. Some girls are from rich families. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of these different character traits and analyzing them and real, realistically, like everything I just mentioned is cool and great, but I, st I mean, I start weighing it and I'm like, well, I enjoy being a provider. I have plenty of money at this point in my life. 
I, I don't care how much money she makes. So career is, I mean, obviously I want her to be excited about something in life and like pursue something she's passionate about, but I don't really care how much money she makes. So that's not really relevant to me. Um, other guys might feel different. I'm just speaking from my truth. Um, health and fitness wise, like, you know, some girls might be like, have insane, crazy abs, muscle, body, you know, model type. And like, that's, and, and even like some girls have like stunning looks, like we're in Europe going to the best locations and the best events like Monaco F1. We're going to Cannes Film Fest where we're at, you know, uh, we're in Capri where, and we're saying it like, I'm saying like, we're around some of the most attractive girls in the world, right? But even attraction, I'm like, that's good. But that, like, if you're looking to build something long-term, it's like physical appearance fades, you know? And it's important. It is definitely important to have a girl you're attracted to. But if I could choose between a, hypothetically, if I had to choose between a 10 physical and a five loyalty, and, or no, let's, let's not use five loyal. Let's not use that. A 10 physical and a eight loyalty or a eight loyalty and a 10, wait, 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 or a, or a eight physical <laughs> and a 10 loyalty. I think I would go with the 10 loyalty, eight physical. Hmm. I agree. I agree. You're not going to be able to find like a perfect all around. but but last thing i'll say is like a lot of these things are actually dependent on you as the guy deserving the loyalty deserving like some some loyalty is built in but you also have to be the guy who's worthy of this behavior from yeah like giving them a reason to want to be loyal yeah not just expecting being blunt like while the girl that i dated before who cheated on me like may have had a relatively high body count and may have had certain character flaws that she needed to work on. I also deserved it at that time. Or else I wouldn't have experienced it. You know, you get what you deserve in life. Facts. Facts. I just spoke for a long time. What are your I still, on all that? I still, I still just have a hard time knowing if I believe in monogamy, truthfully. I have a really hard time. Just because, like, oh, man. like It's so hard to really... Like, this is why I've been talking to this girl for so long because it's so hard for me to really conceptualize that I am with my best option, you know? And obviously there's always a better one, um, but the grass is like, you can always think the grass is greener on the other side, but it's just like so hard because I don't necessarily believe in the one because the truth is- Have like you ever bu- been in a relationship? I've been in multiple and like they all, I, like I haven't, like I've been, I think I've been in love, but I don't know. Uh, How long were they? First one was like ten months. Second one was. Oh, like, okay. Then that was probably the longest one. Got it. Okay, so you've been in it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's. I just I feel like abundant dudes like you and I like the truth is like there's there's so many people that are compatible with us so it's like hard for me to limit myself because when you commit to something you're closing a bunch of doors yeah i have a a lot of thoughts on this on one hand 
oh my god, I have so many thoughts on this. On one hand, uh, and I, was, I spoke to Iman about this, and this really kind of broke my reality when he told this to me. Is like, it's highly unlikely that you date any girl between now and 35 for more than two years. Highly unlikely. That's what I think too. So it's like, why, why like go through a breakup if I don't have to? Because breakups are some of the most motivating and transformational experiences that you can have. It's true. It's like, why, why go to the gym and go through pain? That's true. Right? That's valid. Are you leading with, with fear or are you leading with love? Lead with love. Lead with no, but I mean, yeah, that's facts. Um, but but yeah, that's I mean, that's valid to feel that way too. Um, but oh, uh, what, what was the other thought? There's another Iman thought. Uh, oh, okay. This is another crazy one. Is realizing that like whoever you find yourself near energetically or right, like the the universe has obviously brought this girl to you at this time there's I, like there's a, a i think a high probability that if you accepted the gift that's kind of being put in your way that it actually ends up being way better than you could imagine and almost in like kind of weird ways right and the lessons you learn through it are, are potentially something that you never thought right like if if she wasn't really a good fit for you, you like she wouldn't be anywhere near you. That's physically impossible. Like physics, yeah. Speaking true. of physics, right? It's true. Yeah. It's and, okay. Here, here's 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 one of I think the this is a slightly different topic, but I think one of the most enlightened things. I don't know if it's the most enlightened thing I've ever heard about relationships. Do you know Elliot Hulse? Really familiar. Not sure. Elliot Hulse. Uh, wow, you don't know Elliot Hulse. He's an OG, like, self-development. If you saw his face and videos, you know who he is. Pull him up. Screen share Elliot Hulse. Elliot Hulse is like a strongman, uh, OG advice YouTube guy. Um, Elliot Hulse. H-U-L-S-E. H-U-L-S-E. This guy? Yeah, you never seen him? Yeah, I never seen this guy. Oh, really? He has a great YouTube channel. It's like million plus yeah, on YouTube. Click videos. Kind of gives me a uh, David Goggins vibe. Similar, similar. But he's been married to the same girl since he was, I think, he's dated her when he was 17. And they got married at like 21 or something like that. Oh, and I think... And this is where I don't know who's more enlightened. Is it Andrew Tate or is it Elliot Hulse? Because they're that, kind of right, right? Like <laughs> they're kind of opposite ends. Totally opposite. So El Elliot Hulse says, you know, if you're in a relationship, do not give other females any level of attention. And that means like when you're like if you have a girlfriend, if you're in a relationship, you're walking down the street and like you know there's that girl's walking by you, like. You know, you're in Miami. She's got the Latina energy. She's, you know, she's got the curves. You do not look at her. And it's like, he, he talked about like Odysseus. Remember like Odysseus and like the sirens? No. So Odysseus is the story of the, uh, you know, Homer, like the Iliad, the Odyssey. 
No? Did you go to school? I didn't pay much attention. Oh my God. You don't know Homer and the Odyssey. Okay. So this is like a old massive book, but uh, basically the story goes like Homer is venturing around the world or sorry, uh, Odysseus is venturing around the world on this boat. And at one point, it's like a Greek myth, ancient Greek myth. Um, at one point he's in the ocean and he sees in the distance, these like beautiful, they're called sirens. They're kind of like mermaids and they're up on these rocks. There's three of them and they're like gorgeous. And like, you know, they got voluptuousness and they're curvy and they like he's him and all his men are attracted to them. And then what happens is they start veering off the track that they're supposed to be on and they get closer and closer and then they crash into the rocks and like the sirens turn out to be like evil right so it's kind of like it's sort of also the story from the bible of like temptation and i was raised jewish and i'm more spiritual than religious i appreciate all religions and i like buddhism and such but it is the story as well there's a lot of wisdom i think in the bible of like adam and eve and the the apple and the serpent and like temptation right and and so i I don't know. I'm going to start noticing it because I feel like the universe rewards resistance to temptation. Ooh. And, and, and that's what I don't, I don't know though. Is that true? Is that true? Cause Tate seems to be living a good life, but like if you're in a relationship and you're walking down the street and you see the, she's coming your way, the other girl, right? Do you look or do you go? Nope. I don't give her the attention. Cause that's the only thing I don't have as a man. Yeah, that's yeah, this is still what I'm I'm torn between. And I guess only time will tell. Maybe I'll dive deep with the girl. Uh, maybe I'll try it out because but then again, I'm 21 and in Miami, bro. So it's like fuck. Ultimately, I think the answer is this, right? It's the it's what you said about psychedelics, and I think we can cap it off around here because we've been going almost an hour and a half, and I think this is maybe a good spot, unless there's other things you want to talk about. I'm but I think that it, it talks about it's it's the same thing you were discussing with with your psychedelic experience with shrooms, right? You were doing it every month for like six months, and then all of a sudden you didn't have the urge anymore. So I think if you live your life and maybe you give in to the temptations, eventually the temptations are gone. Or maybe not. Maybe the temptation is always there. I don't know. This is life's one of life's biggest questions. No, that's facts. That's facts. Yeah, I think you're right. I think like, yeah, because the odds of me meeting this chick are pretty slim. So the universe probably did. It's probably, yeah, maybe I should just trust it. Let's see what happens. Alex's DMs are closed. Do not DM this man. He's wiped. Yeah, it's He's probably the only people that are probably in this in this podcast at this point are probably dudes. <laughs> like, who knows, bro? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I'm, I'm excited to look Tribe at Tribe Accelerator. I had to do. Uh, I've had I have 163 guys since I started since January of this year, and I had to do two refunds. One of them because one kid bought it on his mommy's credit card, and she found out, and the other one because a girl bought it. And then she was like, can I have a refund? And I was like, what? How did you get in here? Like, what? How did what you find you your doing? way here? A course for men. And I that's talk good, about though. men's stuff. But, you know, that's, maybe she was just curious. Refund. That's fire. 
That's fine. Yeah, I'm excited to look at the viewer retention on the podcast, see how many people made it to the end. Me too. It'll be dope. Me too. All right. Fuck yeah, dude. That was that was awesome. I enjoyed the flow of that. Me too. Yeah, so I guess we uh, – well, let's do one more because I think the webinar would be fun. So if you guys want to do it, DM me too. D- I'm, mine, I'm at Arlen because um, I'm sure some of my followers are listening to this too. So if you guys enjoyed this and you want me to do something with Alex, like a Zoom call, webinar, live call where you can hop on and ask us questions and such, and I have all these slides, DM me, DM Alex, your feedback on the podcast. And uh, – you know what I think we should do here? What should we do? Let's do some some shameless self promo. I want to hear about um I want to hear about create your reality and and all your students in that. Create reality's fire, bro. It's uh it's so hard to summarize, but dude, the people that go through create reality are and I I if this wasn't the truth, I couldn't confidently say it. But like the people that go through create reality, because it's basically designed to help people break out of the matrix is what basically what I'm niching it down to. It's basically to like give people that sense of self-awareness um, with all things. So like finding clarity over your purpose, your vision. So it's in chronological order. Well, so it's like finding your purpose and then developing a vision around your purpose and then developing your mindset so that you can become a person that's able to create that reality. And then we go over the tools the tools that'll help you craft yourself like discipline, focus, meditation, journaling. And then we have an integration. So we also help people integrate it. And then they have access to me and my mentor weekly. So it's just like, we, we take them from A to Z and make sure that they get to Z. So I yeah, no bad reviews. It's great. But there's, there's, is there a sign up? Like can't, they can't buy it now. It's like yeah, limited it, access. You yeah. guys only do launch every. Yeah. We only do launches. Got it. Okay. Well, is there anything else you can promo? I mean, I guess one thing I would, I would suggest if guys, this guy has 2 million on TikTok. He's like the king of short form content. If there's any like entrepreneurs listening to this who want to improve their short form, shoot Alex a message. He knows a lot. He's been giving me a lot of like info on this. And I've been trying to convince him to do some, uh, some, some spots for like one-on-one consulting. I'm, for- I'm going to start doing, I'm like, I, the, they're open it's just like i don't have uh, like a course to package it with but like if it, yeah it's just access to you at yeah if point. someone wanted that i'd be i'd be game for it like totally i love it and for then sure. um is there anything else that you're that you're uh plugging oh uh, no bro like one my one-on-ones but that's basically that right yeah. like if people just want a, a mentor someone who can guide them i would happily do that um yeah because i mean you're you're I think you're one of the best at building a, a real relationship with short form content. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Like, that. cause so many people aren't able to do that, you know? Like obviously it's easy to build a relationship with a two hour podcast. Yeah. But with like a 15 second video, how do you actually like get people to like you? You know, that's difficult. So props to you for Thanks, dude. cracking that code. I appreciate that. The the secrets openness vulnerability and elevated emotion that's all you need lust watch porn there we go all right i hope you guys enjoy this podcast <laughs> head over to your porn tab and we'll see you. <laughs>
we'll see you maybe on the on the live call of webinar if we decide to do it that would be sick okay bro i'm looking forward to that all right dog enjoy uh bulgaria <laughs> all right bye everybody peace okay. out bro